0: y'all know what time it is it's silicon sasquatch podcast oh shit we're back
1: and we're here up it's your boys no
0: i'm not actually going into that guys i'm doing the intro don't ruin this for me it's our first podcast in a year i hope you bear with us but yeah this is the silicon sasquatch podcast we are here and if you haven't Picked up from the uh, little overtone at the beginning, this is a sports-themed episode. And not just any sport. The sport of kings. I'm talking about Overwatch
2: League. Esports. <laughs> S- or is it eSports? a S- S- sport Now that, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, so we got plenty of good jokes like that one in this episode. Stay tuned. Uh, I'm joined today uh, by your old favorites and mine, Spencer Tordoff. Hello. And Doug Bonham. Hello. And I'm Nick. You know me. I do this uh, stuff often. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, hey, y'all. What's up with Overwatch League?
2: It's a video game. But. Is it? Give me a minute. Give me a minute here. Uh, It is a video game played competitively. That's right. Why would you The world of cyber games has become real. <laughs> Nick is looking God, so it's like, the, <laughs> it's like the world of Shadowrun, oh. but without all the cool shit. Uh, I mean I just I, I flash back to an amazing amazing video that Giant Bomb has archived on their page that is the two thousand one sizzle reel for the
1: uh I know where this is, is yeah. The, yeah, yeah.
2: The world online games yep. or the yeah world cyber games that <laughs> yep, was it yep and the world cyber games yeah which is like 90 percent buzzwords but is talking about international competition at the highest level of video games and that is kind of what overwatch league is i mean it's not the overwatch world cup but what nick was saying and <laughs> that i just started talking yeah, over, what was i saying uh, why is overwatch different what is interesting about overwatch specifically and really Overwatch League, right? Well, cuz we're talking about Overwatch that as an esport. Oh,
1: cuz well, I, I
2: think there are a number of things that are that make it different, that make it more compelling than other esports that have been popular recently. Yeah,
0: I think there are two things that come to mind. One is that it's not a MOBA and two is that Valve is not involved.
2: <laughs> okay. Jesus. Okay. Well,
0: we can go we can go there with it. Uh <laughs> I'm just thinking CSGO is like the other big shooter, right? And that's Valve property. Well, and it's
2: also fucking drab as hell. Uh, Oh, it's miserable. (laughs) It's miserable to look at. Um, I'll take it a step further, though. Because, yes, it's not a MOBA. And MOBAs are hell to look at. Like, it is actually a bit confusing to try and watch a MOBA. Um, the, The fact that each team, like, doesn't matter... If you're in the top right corner, you're one color. If you're in the bottom right corner, you're another color. All the skins look random and different and confusing. It is. Uh, MOBAs are just not fun to look at.
0: It's like watching a top down rugby game, but with fantasy trappings and, like, Byzantine
1: rules you will never understand. So, Although Southern can, Hemisphere rugby?
2: I was going to say, I can follow MOBAs a tiny bit better than rugby because. <laughs> Uh I think I saw a little bit of rugby in a pub in New Zealand when I was down there visiting my brother. Sounds about right. And it was it was a case of like <laughs> okay uh so now it's now it looks like soccer. Okay, now they're acting like it's mm-hmm. football. Okay, now everyone is hugging in the middle of the in the, of the field and and then they throw the ball into the middle of them hugging. Yep. And oh god, it is bizarre. Spencer, I can at.
1: I can assure you that <laughs> Dante's eighth circle of hell is early morning scrum practice (laughs) (laughs) as as somebody who competed for his university doing that it is not much fun
2: (laughs) oh man
1: oh that is rough but
2: Overwatch League so So,
1: circling back yeah um,
2: I mean this is Blizzard we're talking about Blizzard is just they are the masters of polish in so many regards One of the things that I think is so compelling about Overwatch League is that they have visually engineered it to be easy to follow.
1: Well, I would take it even a step...
2: Comparable to other esports.
1: Right. I would take it even a step further and say, instead of allowing teams to use their team branding as they would be any other place, whether you see it in the international or other different esports competitions that already exist, what they've done is they've created this thing whole cloth with city name, nickname so they've created everything out of from thin air as a blizzard enterprise. So you have all you have 12 teams that are based in cities, not really, but also just they they co-opt the American here's your city, here's your team nickname structure. So we I was watching earlier today, this will date when the recording was, but I was watching Shanghai Dragons versus San Francisco Shock. And you can argue the quality of the nicknames, but that that just goes right into an American's brain if they've even dealt with sports at all in the, in the past.
2: Yeah, that's been such a huge missed opportunity in most uh, existing esports, team esports, where it's like they're just the team is just named after the sponsor. And that's it. That's the yeah. whole thing. Maybe they have kind of a cool name, but it's nothing to do with where they're located. And Overwatch League, like League of Legends, is all being recorded in L.A., They only have the one place for recording and for doing the matches, but just having that, like you say, Doug, uh, that city name structure instantly makes it more interesting because like, if you're from Houston, it's like, oh, well, I should check up on the outlaws, see how they're doing. Like anybody who's in Seattle knows of the Seahawks, the Mariners, to a lesser extent, the Supersonics and the Storm. Uh, definitely the Sounders, though. Never forget right. the Super Sounders. Never forget the Super I mean, never forget. I, I'm, I miss. I'm so mad that i <laughs> I moved here in 2008, which is the last year they were playing, and I'm like, sports are dumb. And then later, actually started watching basketball, and I'm like, God damn it, we had a really good team here. Fuck. So, um, so yeah, that that is a huge part of it. Is the branding is getting people in cities interested in what's happening just instantly. Um, the other aspect of it is. The version of the game they've made for broadcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, So multiple cameras, multiple camera angles. The weakness right now is they really like doing first person and I think that's a mistake. But uh, all the teams have matching skins, matching uniforms to make it really easy to identify what team is doing what. All the abilities become color-coordinated with their home or away skin, so you can look visually at a match happening and know what's going on, as opposed to a MOBA game where it's like, there's a bunch of motherfuckers and they're just kind of all there and I don't know what's going
1: on. So basically they discovered... They're all dancing around this giant dragon boss. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What's that mean? They discovered what the English discovered in the late 19th century, which is putting uniforms together that are the same color and then also putting numbers on the back as identifiers is probably a good idea when you're playing a team sport.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. You even have numbers in Overwatch League too. Not that you see them too often. Well, the, no, the they don't make thing, it onto um, the
2: character
1: skins. They are no, on jerseys. No, they, yeah, I was gonna say the yeah. um, the the broadcast of this. They're also in the tooltips in yeah, the game. Yeah, um, they were broadcasting, and you can see the the players for each team. Team uniforms is not a strange thing for esports. That's how they sponsor and, and show what they are. But they have the home and away jerseys, and sh- that's what matches the skins. So as you're watching this coming to it, if you know sports at all, you can then see, oh, this is, these are the guys wearing white and red, and those are the characters in-game wearing white and red. And it doesn't matter who switches to different characters, they're all going to have the same skin.
2: Yeah, the, the visual language they've constructed for this, or I should say have just co-opted wholesale from team sports, is brilliant. Yep. Doing that is brilliant, because... It is so e- so e- much easier to process just as an observer, and uh, more importantly for people who are coming from the world of sports, because esports previously, yeah, it's like either drab people or a weird angle on people, and there's no context for what's happening. So, yeah, I think that's the big innovation. I mean, those two big innovations together have instantly made Overwatch League far more compelling to to me than anything else that's being broadcast.
1: I think a decent comparison. Yeah, I think it's would. Sorry to 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 roll this through quickly but I watch team sports, you know, American football, baseball, soccer, everything. And also I mm-hmm. watch auto racing, motorsports. And motorsports, you may have the same team with the same type of car based in the same location for multiple years, but their colors and how the team dresses and how they identify will shift as they get sponsors. There was one famously in Formula One last year where they introduced the car before the season started in one look, which matched the previous year and was kind of black and orange. But then they gained a sponsor that was bright freaking pink. And Ooh. and besides looking very identifiable, they changed their colors before the season started. They had to print up a whole bunch of new jerseys and, a, and all sorts of communication and stuff and, and change how their look was as a team. But it, it made them identifiable, but it looked completely different than any of their looks the last six or seven years. That's kind of how the other esports are, because they don't have skins in-game, and because the guys who are wearing these hoodies or polo shirts or kind of Lycra generic soccer-style shirts on, on stage or on screen, if you're watching something like League or um, Dota International, it just kind of rolls right through you. You don't know who they are, unless if you're really closely following. Whereas, if you see you you just tune it out if you see an nfl team in black and orange with a with a tiger striped helmet you know it's the Bengals.
2: yeah which at that point oh geez i have to watch (sighs) the Bengals, but still
1: (laughs) you know you the the city of pittsburgh all of their pro sports teams use black and yellow their football team the steelers do the pirates and baseball team do the hockey team are a bit more gold but they're still black and yellow the Seattle area teams are all par- fairly similar shade. And then other totally places, agree. they've um, become so iconic that you know if you see somebody in yellow and purple in a basketball jersey, they're probably an asshole. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And that, that so there is so, an element of that that they're doing uh, with Overwatch. Like, they, they strayed close to. Uh, Existing team colors, but did not quite go all the way, and I think that was probably deliberate that they didn't. Yeah, and if we want to, if we want to talk
1: more about the league in particular and the league specifically, you know, New York, um, they're kind of orange and blue, which matches the Mets and the Knicks. Um, Boston, I think, is a blue and white, which is similar to the New England Patriots, who are a similar ownership share garbage yeah i mean yeah fuck the
2: pats but um
1: orange (laughs) for san francisco is pretty sharp because it's it matches the giants which is a pretty identified like that was the original professional sports team in san francisco Mm -hmm. um shanghai matches Mm -hmm. i'm upset that florida's team is not miami style they are not yeah that would honestly that'd be
2: way better because the florida mayhem's colors are so fucking ugly uh which is a shame McDonald's. which i mean if we want to segue, or maybe if we don't want to segue, sure. but I, I just want to express here that I I love the Mayhem, in part because they have the shallowest roster out there right now. They did finally hire three new players, but they haven't had anybody to sub in. No. They had... What's the maximum six, roster size? So the maximum roster size, if I'm not mistaken, is 12. You can have a full... Okay, so it's like team. two full teams. Uh, yeah. Which I don't think anyone is doing right now. London briefly had the deepest roster and they traded away a couple players um florida had six like the six players they have that's it the people who come out they're the ones playing all the rounds and so they're they're not bad players but they're very easy to counter because they can't shift at all they can't really effectively shift by bringing somebody in let's say okay we'll swap out a tank for another dps they just have those six guys, and one. And so they they've been really well spirited. They've been really good sports about it, but that's a really rough position to be
1: in. Another nice thing that they've done on the presentation of Overwatch League is to show players and to show their faces and what their na- their, their real names and the handles are. But also they've mm-hmm. broken it into offense, support, um, tank, healer, and flex. So
2: the the description supports yeah flex. Offense, support. Okay. Are the three. And so, and then tank, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And flex just being whoever, you know, people who can play whatever. Um, I do find it interesting that that verges from Overwatch the game Mm. a little bit. Because tank and support are technically the same there, but offense is just kind of any character that can do damage. So, which is pretty much any character. Well,. Any so. character played correctly, but in this case, it tends to be both offense and defensive characters. Right. So, it's anyone... Usually, can, that's where you get junk rats next to Pharaohs, for example. Or like, Widow either. Widowmaker on offense, which is unfortunately spilled over into quick play, um, because in the hands of a professional, any one... Um, words. <laughs> any one Widowmaker... In the hands of a professional, is the highest damage character in the game. Like properly played, Widowmaker can do the highest damage output. Yeah, watching... in the game, Ugh. that is not the people in quick play. <laughs> <laughs> the people in quick no. play cannot do that. They are just standing over there being an asshole, not on the payload. So what you're saying uh, is they're, they're just hot garbage. garbage. What you're
1: saying, saying is the guys who play Widowmaker in quick play are the ones who show up to play pickup soccer in gold soccer shoes.
0: Yes. The, yeah, the, yeah, that
1: the, is the brand new two hundred fifty dollars Cristiano Ronaldo special editions. But then they they try to do a step <laughs> and over pass... and trip.
2: Yeah, it sounds. They get pissed off right. when you don't pass them every single time. Exactly.
1: They <laughs> yeah. they hog the ball. They go so, to the corner. They do three step overs and then fall over.
0: So we talked a bit about how the presentation of Overwatch League is structured in a way that calls back to familiar. Concepts and you know kind of tropes of traditional sports and sports broadcasting, which is great. I think that's a big part of the success of it. Um, I think it might be worth talking a little bit about the core game of Overwatch and why that might lend itself to a broader audience. Because you know you have to expect with something like Overwatch League they're not just trying to appeal to people who play the game, although that is their primary audience. Mm-hmm. They're also using it as a marketing tool to get more people playing it, and also just trying to build an audience, I would assume, of people who don't necessarily want to play, but they're interested in following a team, or just seeing how the game plays out. And so um, I know that we talked about you know, MOBAs in particular, I think are very Byzantine to watch, until you've really played dozens of hours of one, you don't really understand exactly what's happening, I find. Whereas with Overwatch, I think there's a lot more you know, kind of elegant simplicity to the game that... Uh, comes through after you know maybe fewer viewings. So Doug, I know you've played the least Overwatch of all of yep. us. Um, do you feel like that's the case where it was pretty easy to pick up what's happening and get involved with like the the back and forth of the game? Yeah,
1: um, I watched a bit of you guys streaming last weekend and have watched a little bit. I've, I've played a little bit of Overwatch, but seeing as how it's on PS, I'm or, or on PS4. It's not like nearly the same as watching PC play and watching, which which is a bit more directly comparable to the. League games because those are all on PC, but you can see where, um, maybe with, I guess since I'm trying to lean on all the sports comparisons, college football is wide open and very diverse because you have a little bit more discrepancy in talent, and you can then scheme different ways. Whereas the NFL for football, it's more people play the same way because there is a optimal way at least in terms of a like cyclical meta, if you want to talk about it that way. And p- the players can pull those things off, or you want to negate one specific player and in the- in their specific strength. So watching, I guess, amateur or non-league Overwatch, you can see how different things are v- available, but then the options get limited down much more when you're watching professionals trying to... Um, play the same game, but also do specific targets and do specific things. So during the competitive games, there's the control match, and there's other type of matches, and there's kind of an established best way to do those matches. And so that in that way... It's it's, called dive. Yeah. In that manner, you see the same heroes coming up, and it's interesting when one is somebody, or when somebody shifts to something wildly different. I think it does play pretty well, but also at the same time it's a lot more action packed, and it actually seems like it's even faster in terms of kills and deaths than a standard Overwatch match would be.
2: Yeah. Would you agree with that, Spencer? I would say that. Now, there is an element of an element of video games versus sport that you know, in sports you see what you might call the meta change just organically over time. Mm -hmm. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, Doug, but for example, hard hitting defense in football was not really commonplace until the Steelers popularized it and showed that it was very, very effective. Um, Just really, really heavy, you know, slamming into people like physically stopping them from moving that type of thing. Um, And then that became the standard for the entire league. Like I said, correct me if I'm wrong. But it, it wasn't like so that,
1: much, let's play defense, that's a good idea. It was mm-hmm. more the way that they did it.
2: The way they did it. That, like that, the, that's what I was thinking. The, the
1: zone blitz, as it were.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, that can kind of organically emerge over time. League rule changes can impact it. But it's just going to be, you know, the style of play evolves through the course of the game. Uh, with esports, there is an element of, like, the... The developer, the publisher, has to cultivate it because changes to the game are going to directly impact how the game is played. Like any, because it's not contingent on the physical abilities of the players, it is contingent on the abilities of the characters they are selecting. Uh, And we've already begun to see that in Stage 1 versus Stage 2. Where, let's go ahead and load up the pick rates here. Give it a moment. Um, We're talking about Mercy
0: here mostly. Mercy
2: right? is the biggest example, but there's going to be more. Uh, where, in the first phase, in stage one of uh, season one, Mercy was at over 90% pick. Like, she was in...
0: Which means that in 90% of team composition, she was
2: there? Yes. O- over okay. 90%. Uh, okay. She's down to 77 now, about 78%, um, which is a substantial, substantial drop. Uh, similarly, a lot of players were Lu- Lucio mains, the support players were, but Mercy was considered necessary. Mercy was an essential pick. And now, not so much. Now, you know, a Mercy is good, and if you're running, for example, a Widowmaker or a Junkrat, it is very important to have a mercy for the damage boost, but it's no longer essential. It's no longer something you must have if you're going to succeed. So that yeah. type of thing is something we're going to see as the game evolves. Similarly, you know, on the bottom end of uh, pick rates, like Symmetra has been played. None Torbjorn, I think has ended up in a game a couple times. Uh, usually if they're doing a pirate ship in a, um, in a payload map, but oh, ultimately, yeah. the. Yeah, the, there are characters who work in the base game that do not work in competitive. And, you know, the question becomes for Blizzard, like, do you try to fix that? Or do you just acknowledge that some characters are for casual play, others are for professional play?
0: And I think the one thing that's predicated on that's really interesting to me is that um, the same. Rules, stats, buffs, changes apply across the board for competitive and for everyone else playing the game casually. That that is the um, important. you don't have a situation where like the rules change. Like college football, for example, and the NFL have slightly different rules and they change at different intervals, mm-hmm. which keeps the game slightly different. Whereas, you know, with Overwatch, it's just Overwatch. And I think that, that actually is the kind of a strength of it is that if you're watching this as a prospective player or a current player, you're thinking, Oh, I can apply this directly to what I'm already doing.
2: That actually um, puts it a step ahead of Uh, Well, actually, League of Legends, because League of Legends, they tend to be one or two patches back from what is live. Hmm. And I forget the exact reason that they do that, but it is they are playing on a slightly older version of the game. Uh, Overwatch is not doing that. Now, this links back to um, what you were saying earlier, um, Nick, about what they're trying to do with regard to the creation of their league, because previous esports... League of Legends, Dota, uh, Counter-Strike I guess if you go way back, Halo, um, Call of Duty is they were trying to bring two revenue sources together. You have people playing the game you have those, some of those people watching the game The people who watch the game start to want to play the game feeds back, back and forth, you're making money on both of those and yeah, Overwatch League is attempting to get in people who may never even pick up a copy of the game I'm not sure how successful that's gonna be, but it is compelling that they are going for that. They're trying to have that type of branding, they're trying to have that type of watching experience that to date no other esport has even tried to approach. It's like people who are already playing are gonna watch because they wanna to try to get good enough that they can be the one that people are watching. You know, that Yeah, kind of... they
0: want to entertain that fantasy. Exactly. Which is I think an interesting thing for esports where um and it's probably true for all sports, actually, like the re- only reason I never thought of it in that context for physical sports is because I, d- I know I will never be good enough to ever be <laughs> physical good sports
2: stuff with my body to do that with real sports. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I can relate. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that you know, where the reason why um, physical sports and like you know traditional sports like baseball, basketball, football are so big as spectator sports is because they were able to teach people what makes these things so compelling and to communicate that in a way that is so easy to latch onto. And, you know, that, you know, engrossing nature of the game coupled with the personalities of the people who play and the hometown, like kind of, uh, I don't know what do you want to call that. That kind of affinity, I guess, really all kind of combines to create these basically, you know, subscribers of this medium, right? Like this, this is, That good ass content that they want to keep just you know serving up piping hot every season they want to they want to be there. It's a bad analogy, but like you know what I mean. Like I think that that's something that like very overtly Blizzard is going for. They're very clearly laying out here's the structure of a season. Here are the you know here are things that can happen. Here are teams um, trading players mid season, and you know there's already talk about you know expansion teams in the next season that kind of thing. So they're laying some groundwork for something very similar here. I think
1: yeah I think um you watch and you play sports even if you, even if you're just playing pickup basketball you watch the NBA or you're interested in that partially because friends and other people would be interested in the same way also partially for the sociological like this is my city or this is who I support but then also it's to, to see the game played at an incredibly high level I, I shared a image or a gif from the other day where it was Cleveland versus Philadelphia and LeBron James dribbles between a guy's legs and goes right past him how <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is the most it is like watching a magician it is just incredible to see little moments i mean like that. watching
1: somebody get above the rim and dunk is one thing but watching that or um steph curry's amazingly fast three-point release or some of the other like mm-hmm. james harden breaking somebody's ankles and watching that guy's soul evaporate in front of us like these are all things that are a bit. That, that's a, a reason some people say the NBA is getting a bit more popular. Not just because it's socially on the right place and because it's not a game that damages your brain, but also because some of the play is being done by guys who are a bit more relatable. You don't have to be six foot ten or seven feet because that's what Shaquille O'Neal was. You can do what um, Steph Curry or Damian Lillard do as five foot seven, five foot ten guys, because they're all about three pointers or cutting to the basket. Whereas you can admire what LeBron James or dwight howard or Sha- Shaq did or do, but I'm never going to do that like i'm I come close but I'm only six five i can't <laughs> I can't get all the way up there I can't do physically what they do, yeah
2: well, I mean I can't physically do what the overwatch league players are doing there um and you know I hate to well, I don't hate to, but I know you guys are not as following it at all anymore i barely do but there was a recent uh, penny arcade that just nailed it i think um i'm gonna go ahead and find it because it's just fantastic uh because the the level of the play is extremely high and you know it you retire much much earlier mm-hmm. from esports than you do from professional sports like my favorite player of all time in the NFL, Marshawn Lynch, is like my age. Yeah. Now, granted, he already retired and then he came back, but, you know, he's still a viable player. He's still in good physical shape to be able to do that. Whereas, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to to quote here, like, or paraphrase, I'm not 20 years old and goosed on Adderall until I reach a shamanic <laughs> precognitive state. Like, i I will never have that level of reflex again i already passed the pre- the span of time where that was possible for me um me too but it's too bad that we peaked during counter-strike 1.6 i know right we are. like
1: ah, oh, we I think could the, have been pro if we just been born a little later i think the big difference is back when people use ball mice <laughs> well comparably if you want to talk about how this directly relates to sports um in soccer and basketball especially, there are overseas leagues where the play is a little bit lower than the NBA or a little bit lower than the top soccer leagues, but you can still make a living as a professional. And so or, or there's guys who are just freaks and are able to adapt what their talents are and instead of rely on physicality, they rely on brain and, and just the skill. Um so that's why you have some NBA players who wash out at 24 25 you know after five or six years but they go to China they go to Europe and they continue a career for another five or six years beyond that. There's no real mm-hmm. scrub tier Overwatch League or esports uh, at all. Esports
2: at all perhaps there is Overwatch Contenders League. Okay. Which is more of a farm team type of setup. But that's going to be
1: for young guys as opposed Mm. to old guys. Like, if you remember the The old baseball movies, like, if you remember the old baseball movies where you get these guys that are stuck in AAA forever, even though they're 35 years old, but they're coming up at the same time or they're playing on the same team as the 19 year olds fresh out of high school, that's not going to be the same because you're going to have, if these are farm leagues trying to to build it up, you're not necessarily going to have the guys who have gotten demoted down as opposed to the guys who are coming in fresh
2: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm i I mean that would be interesting to see if that uh that type of structure occurs i mean the problem with um with esports in with regard to that is simply that there hasn't been that much demand other places so there's like i would argue that at this point overwatch is one of the larger ones available uh, where it's not already part of an existing structure, so you've got uh you've got the world cup you've right. got contenders and you have the league and that is more places to play than a lot of others where i mean yeah. League of Legends if you play in your region and then you try to get up to worlds, and then that's kind of it unless you're going to like a third party tournament um I would be very interested if the demand became high enough that in a emerging market um you know, older players would retire there and start playing there. Yeah. The other aspect of that, though, is that uh, other than the existence of Blizzard Arena, you know, esports are entirely streamed. There's very little demand comparably for live showings of it. Uh, they exist, definitely, but, you know, cause, yeah. because it's... I mean, because the, it's, the International sells out every year, right? The International sells out every year, but at the same time, like... I just see it be, because it's all connected through one central system. Unlike um professional sports, professional physical sports right. if you want to be yeah. specific. Um then you don't need to export X players to those places because it's all like the the emerging markets are in the same market as as the main game. There's no barrier. There's no barrier. Uh one of the most interesting players in the league right now, um who do, 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 so if I find him on here um Mickey is from uh, Bangkok Thailand oh yeah which does not have a substantial uh like there may be some some esports teams out of there but not in the uh the major leagues but because of the way uh Overwatch is structured he just got swept right up he's on my least favorite team unfortunately because he's got a really good attitude but um, which team is that? Uh, he's on the Dallas Fuel, and cool. I do. Fuel, n- you've been put on watch. I, I do not like the Dallas Fuel because of fucking XQC. Um, oh yeah, he's yeah he's delightful. Oh, he's from Quebec. That kind of explains it. Yeah, he's a <laughs> shithead. Uh, yeah, no, he he's the dude who keeps getting uh, banned for like using homophobic slurs. Like uh, okay. fuck that guy yeah, for that's real. Not...
1: That, Maybe to, mm-hmm. to wrap that up this part that. of the conversation and to move it into the specific league so far, I think mm-hmm. a, it's interesting to compare with other esports because a lot of the PC ones, Dota and League, are reliant on very young players. But you see a lot more old heads in fighting games. And I think that's partially because of the yeah. mind games and tactics. And now let's, let's transfer this <laughs> because I think there will be a position in Overwatch for the guys who know the tactics just as much as the Twitch ability to act on them um what have you seen so far of tactics in overwatch league what's the the i guess the the um, strategies being developed and do they differ terribly much from the basic normal gameplay strategy and also what have you thought so far about how the teams have been um like who's done really well with what like uh, trying to draw the comparisons like who's got uh, and and how are they succeeding how are the top teams succeeding so far
0: yeah I've got a quick take here, and then I'll let
1: Spencer get sure. into the details. Yeah, by but, all
0: means. Um, my my impression so far from having watched, like let's say, a dozen games or so the this season, is that winning all comes down to communication. Mm. It, if a team can talk well and coordinate very, very quickly and rapidly and accurately, they seem to be the ones that win the most. And the teams that get scattered a bit, they're the ones that fall apart. So... I haven't seen a whole lot. Of, I think what's happening right now is that these are mostly new teams. You know, we mentioned some of them are basically like Aqua hires of like existing esports teams. But um, you know, the meta is constantly evolving, and Overwatch the league dynamic is different from maybe how they competed before. So, what it feels like still is like it's a pretty fresh experience for a lot of these teams, where like the most successful ones are the ones that are just nailing the communication. And so, my only thought there is like once that standard that argus raised and more teams are kind of working on that level i think we'll start to see a greater diversity of like trick plays and really tightly coordinated you know kind of moves that can make or break a match um you know more like you know what you might call like a monster dunk <laughs> moment where like someone just does something completely ridiculous like you know we're not going to see a lebron like through the legs pass to himself like dribble in overwatch league or we might see stuff like that but it's not going to be quite the same kind of like whole new level i think of tactics quite yet i don't know what do you think spencer
2: i mean a lot of this is still shaking out and a lot of it is relying on as i already mentioned um you know how the game gets changed there's a as we are recording this hopefully by the time it's listened to um the 27th hero for the game uh brigitte according to jeff kaplan uh (laughs) Is She says Brigitte. But, she says Brigitte? Know. All right. Um, in any case, whoa, hello. Uh, so, Brigitte has the potential to really change the meta substantially, and we're just kind of left waiting on, well, when does that happen? Like, when? what is going to be the impact of that? Who on the teams is going to be playing this new character? And, you know, does that result in a change of team comps, team structure? Uh, the most prevalent form of uh, play is two tanks, two support, two damage. Whatever form of damage. Uh, is she going to change that? Is, uh Are the pick rates going to be drastically altered because of what she's able to do? So, I mean, a lot of it, there's a lot of it to do with players. Um, the Fuel recently hired... Uh, let me get the name because he's another three AKM uh, out of France mm-hmm. he is an offensive player who specializes in Soldier 76 mm. and previously Soldier 76 hadn't been getting a lot of play but AKM is so so good that uh, he's he's insanely good at Soldier 76 and so as a result Um, That's been kind of coming into the meta a little more, uh, just Mm -hmm. based on his abilities. So there is a, you know, players are going to have a role in shaping, uh, you know, we may eventually see the LeBron James of Overwatch League, but it is at this point equally, if not more reliant on how the game evolves over time.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, I think with uh, Brigitte in particular, like the, what's going to be really interesting to see is um, just how she ships to the game and at what point she becomes selectable in Overwatch League. Uh, I think this is the first. Is this the
2: first hero that's been launched since they started the league? Since they started the league, yes. Uh, Moira entered the game just before, like right before, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's yet to be seen because. Uh, uh, as you noted, I think they do play on the current patch. Like, whatever changes have been made to the game, they don't wait at all. This is what's happening. So, um, so we may get uh, Brigitte added mid-season,
1: which... Mm-hmm. Well, currently, where are we in the league standings and how far is that into the season? Just to double-check and to let the listeners at home so understand.
2: We are in Stage 2, Week 2. That just wrapped up today uh with a set of blowouts the um 4 and 0 Verwatch League is what uh people like to joke um <laughs> fo 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 yeah uh Philadelphia folded to London Spitfire uh Houston Outlaws succumbed to New York Excelsior and Shanghai is basically a buy anyway but uh they lost to the Shock which is wow. one of the worst teams out there so that's uh that is impressive but not, disappointing but not surprising um yeah well that's i think it's like
0: the best that's gotta be one of the best records the shock has in any game a zero, and four.
2: A zero and four against Sweet. yeah
1: oh man it was it was a little bit closer than that showed but at the same time it should be four to zero
0: yeah yeah So. yeah so you know we're we're like effectively what seven weeks into 20 weeks of play for the season yes so you know about a third of the way through a lot can change still you know we've already seen some transfers we've seen some
2: there are um, new hires and several big patches we are waiting on uh, visas is actually the the main thing for a lot of players which I mean just another day in Trump's America but we're, we've been waiting for weeks now uh, which is ridiculous because Shanghai did hire one of the most promising players just out there um Gaguri specifically about, yeah Giguri. uh she is and you know without making any particular statement on oh blah 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 whatever um you, you know like more women in the league there should be more women in the league there's a lot of this is one of the most gender balanced in terms of players fps is out there but that being said she is the best zarya in the world right now Um,
1: like incredibly good like
2: incredibly good uh and so what the hope is with the um with giguri fearless and Otto? they're the three korean players shanghai just hired on uh that they may give them some sort of hope because i do not know what it is about shanghai but they are terrible on a level that no <laughs> other
1: Overwatch team is right now well during the commentary for it's the... like when Homer got the Denver Broncos yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the Denver Broncos
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, during commentary for this match because I watched most all of the Shanghai San Francisco match today during comment has she started playing no no she has not oh, started shit. playing Um. hello you there yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't gone anywhere. So she, uh, or sorry, the, the commentators were discussing during the match about, you know, player ability is fine. And this is, touches what Nick was mentioning a couple times. Players are fine. The, their abilities one-on-one or their abilities to actually play Overwatch is fine. But their teamwork and what they do in, in to, to react to the game and to react to situations and scenarios is just awful.
2: Yeah. yeah. So my, my speculation on this has been, and this is just from observation. I'm not, like, I don't have any type of inside knowledge on this by any means. No sources? No sources. But just watching them play, it looks like Shanghai's main issue is, is communication, as, as Nick was saying. Uh, I have gone so far as to speculate that my playgroup, at our best,. <laughs> is better than Shanghai at their worst because when Shanghai uh, when Shanghai falls apart, they fall apart completely, and it just seems like they aren't talking to each other. Uh, part of the team wanders off in some other direction, and they're competent players individually, but if you're not in the right position for a fight, then you're just going to lose a couple people right out the gate, and then it's a 4v6, and mm-hmm. you're fucked. Like, you are just, you're going to lose just by the numbers. doesn't matter how good of a player you are, you are outnumbered, the other team is going to be able to put enough damage into you that there's no recovering from that. And they do yeah. this frequently. They do this multiple times per game, where it's like, wow, they just made a great push, that's really cool, wait, where are they going, oh shit, and then they, they
1: fall apart. Well, the couple times it was also, they're using the ultimate for this one character or another character, and it's just like they whiffed on an ultimate right there how is that even possible why are you even trying that at this in at this time and place and the, they always seem to have these huge like
0: the big thing to do is swing a game at a big team battle where everyone just drops their ults at the right time in the right succession and if the first one doesn't play off or it like gets blocked or something it completely tips the odds so like that's why those big battles are so fun to watch i think but what we're seeing i think is just sort of a lack of experience from the teams and I know I'm in no place to talk here. I am not like a pro level Overwatch player. I just I crawl my way up to Platinum and I'm good with that. But like there's you can definitely tell when something goes wrong, all the cards tumble and mm-hmm. it just completely swings away. So what you're saying That's not, That's true for Shanghai as well as everybody else. I think. So what you're yeah, saying
1: definitely. is the Alabama Crimson Tide might be able to beat Shanghai. <laughs> yes, despite <laughs> not being a professional team. Okay. I mean, but yes. They probably outspend them.
2: <laughs> it would not <laughs> surprise uh-huh. me frankly. Though. So
0: actually, I have a thought about this. You know, we, we talked about like the, you know, how at age 22 or so, each esports player is retired and ground up into like, you know, nutrients for the, new <laughs> for the next ones
2: They use, use them the production of <laughs> yeah. energy drinks. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. They,
0: they, that good, that good, good pace that makes you real good at the games, but they donate the rest of their um, organs as spares. I, right. So, but Here's a theory I have, and we'll see if this pans out or not. And I know that I also have a bad habit of making a lot of weird projections every single time we do a podcast, but I think I have a pretty good track record, and I want to see if this pans out. So Overwatch is not two years old yet. It will turn two in May. Yeah. And that's very young for a game with a competitive scene. That's extremely young for a sport. Yep. Yes. And what I'm thinking is that... Um, There is a great deal of strategic depth to this game and Overwatch is also unique among shooters in that a good number of the very clutch characters don't require the sort of things that you would expect from like, for example, a pro Starcraft 2 player, which is like the ability to output 300 precise actions per minute, for example. Um, You have someone like Roadhog, uh, Reinhardt's a great example, Mercy, Lucio, all these characters... Very little of what they do actually hinges entirely on can I make my cursor line up with this person or put the correct lead on them to hit them with my bullets? Like that's not really the name of the game for about half the cast. Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking is that you know there is room, and this is why I think that I am getting better at the game is because I'm not getting better at aiming. That's that, is, <laughs> that ship is <has> sailed. <laughs> yeah. I'm trash at that, and I will uh, never be good again. I feel that I'm way past I way past but, my prime on that. I am getting way better strategically. And the more I watch Overwatch League, the more I play, the more I think about the new patches and the meta changes and everything, the more I can see myself making the right decision at the right time. And that makes a much bigger difference than, did I land this extra hit on this person as they rounded this corner? And so my theory is that we're going to see a couple things happen with Overwatch League if it succeeds. First is that we're going to see a more prevalent role for like a team captain. Like someone who's a little bit more seasoned veteran who is calling the plays as they happen more often. They're probably more likely to play a tank or a healer, I would guess, but who knows. The bigger thing, though, I think, is we're going to see the average age go up maybe slightly. But I think you might see some players who stick on well into their 20s if the league succeeds and the scene continues. Because this is a game that is very much about tactical um, planning, reading, and execution, and not just about shoot the man in the head. Yep. That so is... I don't know if you guys... Think that makes sense? That but.
2: is absolutely. I mean, even just anecdotally from from my own experience. Like, I'm a competent FPS player. I would not claim to be the best FPS player by any means. Uh, you know, gorgeous and brilliant and just the best out there. Super great. Um, it's on his business card, though. It's on my business card. You know, I I, I wear a wig. It's fine. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the <laughs> but like I I'm fine in FPS and in so many is like you can just, like, fuck off. You know, like, if you are in a situation where you're losing, well, I'm just going to go rogue and I'll kill a bunch of people and it's totally cool. Uh Overwatch, that does not fly. Like, if you wander away, then unless you are coordinating with your team in some way, flanking or otherwise, like, trying to uh, break a defensive formation or uh, trying to take the wind out of the sails of an offensive push uh that's just not a thing you can do you can't simply wander off and do your own thing yep. even though that is my instinct i exclusively <laughs> play characters that are capable of healing themselves i'm just going i'm a lone wolf no big deal um the more and even I though listen- people
0: do this all the time in quick play
2: that that is true the more i listen to my teammates and coordinate with my teammates the better we do like without fail the the issue of course always being if you get tilted if you get like oh i'm just gonna go after this guy uh because they've been pissing me off you know that 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 will cause you to fall apart yeah but if you mm-hmm. maintain a cool head if you talk to your teammates uh if you try to like okay they're they're really bunched up here let's try to push around a different way that does make a huge huge impact in how effective you are at the game and uh, you know nick you're absolutely right like Overwatch relies enough on strategy that I think it's a fa- uh, a pretty safe bet that unlike, uh, you know, RTS or MOBAs, you'll probably have people be able to stick around, maybe move to non-hit scan characters as their reflexes go. But if they're able to coordinate, if they're able to communicate, uh, if they're in the right place at the right time, that is arguably more important than which character they're playing. Yep depending on the character. Mm-hmm.
1: And this is also drawn out in the sports world as well in soccer some players or some positions require players that peak a bit later in their careers. Goalkeepers, mm-hmm. the average age is a lot higher because you just need the experience. Usually central defenders, so like the the two big guys at the back, those guys are closer to 30 or over 30 years old whereas you wouldn't trust a 22 year old in that position maybe you would as the striker but not as your center back because you want experience and somebody who's going to stay calm under pressure that makes perfect sense
0: like you want someone who's going to read a situation and not assume that you know of these thousand possibilities are going to pick the wrong one yeah. someone with more veteran experience can rule it way down to or
1: there have been partnerships where they stick a young guy back there who's the more physically gifted one who's the more the runner the one more, more active one and they stick him with a guy who will yell at him and tell him where to be at every single moment. Cool. So that that is that has comparisons that can drive that or that can jive, um. And in Overwatch, I'd love to see that happen. Also, thinking from a business standpoint, don't you think they'd want players that people recognize on a year in year out basis? Don't you think they'd want somebody to stay? Oh
2: yeah, no, you absolutely want consistency, and and this is something that I'm personally intrigued by because I'm like well maybe I could score an interview but uh, (laughs) there's not like other than players that have been streamers and not just streaming because they're super high level but ones that actually do it for because they have personality and they cultivated a fan base that way Mm -hmm. um, you know that they are trying to highlight personalities but many players and this is true across sports and so forth but a lot of them just don't like the attention you know they—they're not super hyped up by being talked to, um, nerds. and that's—that's that's kind of the impression you get. They're nerds, yeah. They're like—they're uh, a little uncertain. They're a little like uncomfortable in the interviews and everything. I think if we get a couple big personalities, that's going to be very interesting when that happens. Yeah. Um, as long as they're not
0: loud, outspoken jerks who make homophobic comments. Yeah. yeah. D- That That kind of
2: Dallas fuel sucks. And it's just because of that one guy, trade him away. I'll be their (laughs) biggest fan, but fuck that dude. But
1: also it's not just um, being nerds and not being comfortable with the talk, with, with talking and being in front of people. A lot of other sports, the players from a young age are getting media, media trained, media coached. So it's taking any of the personality and fun out of them. And, that's the biggest pro or that's one of the bigger problems the NFL has is that these guys don't want to talk or show any personality because the NFL has stamped it out with the, the boots that they have, you know, <laughs> compare that to the NBA where you have guys who are very outspoken about a number of different things and who have taken what was originally kind of a problematic rule in terms of the, basically the non Allen Iverson, you can't wear jerseys and tall tees to, to games anymore. You have to dress up in suits and ties now look at how that's in- impacted an entire generation and how they view fashion and how it's much, much t- <clears throat> tighter and better fashioned for young players and then you see that reflected in society because there's a lot more young men that are interested in fashion partially because of this. So what I'm saying is there there's a room for them to have big personalities, hopefully good personalities, not shitheads, but to be able to have that, to be outspoken and to be, not even just outspoken, there's a room for them to be authentic and genuine and not media coach to the high to high hells
2: yeah yeah definitely i mean just thinking of again my favorite player i'm just here so i won't get fined you know yeah like. and then
1: he comes back on some town business <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh well and just seeing how he he conducts himself with non nfl interviews versus nfl interviews but um yeah i think i don't think they'll go too hard in that direction uh, toward like uh totally stifling them but i am still like i'm waiting for somebody who's excited i'm waiting yeah. for somebody who's like really hyped up to be talking or like well even if they're even if they're talking shit yeah because i i will say league has uh, league of legends has just reached, reached that point but in a very funny funny fashion where there's like uh one dps player who is very outspoken so he was uh I wish I could give the specific examples, but he was talking shit about another team. Like, oh, they've got nothing. And then they got steamrolled by that team because their own record was not good at all. (laughs) And so, um, I mean, more of that, honestly. More more of the
1: drama, more of the conflicts, that type of thing. Not just that, but you need guys, even if they're going to be boring, you need the guys who are competent and always there. You need the Derek Jeters as well, as terrible and bland as Derek Jeter was for a long time. But then you also mm-hmm. need them to be there because when those big trades happen, when, you know, Florida or sorry, not not I'll use a better team example, when New York has their player and he's a captain and he's the best player they've had for five years and they trade him, that brings attention. That's all what sports is now. Sports Center has highlighted and trans, or gone from highlights to talking about everything else around the games and trades and to discussion of who's going where, who's going for what. We're still most of the way through a good NBA season, but there's already talk about where LeBron could go and I have from the beginning of this year I've heard 3 different places and none of them are Cleveland. And is
2: hmm. was- Shanghai because they could probably <laughs> use
1: the help. <helmet. laughs> Actually, the most recent discussion point is Philadelphia and that is scary. <laughs> mm. <laughs> But yeah, there's the sports landscape now for general sports, for for more normal established sports, not normal, sorry, not to shame or do anything like this, but for the NBA, the NFL, for Major League Baseball, for the stick and ball sports, the established ones, it's including this drama. It's talking about all of these things. So the faster that the esports can also get on that train, because there's personality there. You see it in fighting games. You see people pop off. That's a thing oh yeah oh definitely
0: and the fighting game community is a great example of how to do this right the difference there is that it's extremely organic and they have very fiercely kept it from becoming
1: like a league yeah so that is true the, that is true the which one, is that uh, of, uh,
2: the, it's a strength and a uh, downside the one worry I would have is aspects.
1: that the, the one kind of issue or the worry I would have is the fighting game scene is also very influenced by certain parts of culture and it doesn't look like myself Nick or Spencer And Mm -hmm. that's not good or bad. It's just how it has developed. And yet you look at the NFL and the NBA to an extent and how they've leaned away from those things mainstream attention-wise sometimes. The reason the NBA is doing well is because they're kind of easing that off a little bit more and letting people say and be more authentic, even if it's going to be not reflecting other aspects of white culture especially. But if we see people start to be authentically themselves in, in eSports, and especially in Overwatch League with the makeup of Overwatch League, imagine what could happen if there's a, an issue geographically between China and Korea. That could get really spicy because it seems like 70% of the league is Korean or Chinese. It's true.
0: I, um, my hope is that the culture that arises from this game. And I think that the game is uniquely positioned to kind of foment this kind of positivity. Yeah. Like Overwatch is the most positive online game I've ever played, and that is baked right into its DNA. But um my hope is that you get authentically outspoken people who generally are, you know, like many NBA players who speak out, like they're usually on the right side of issues. They're usually like speaking up for the people who should be spoken up for, and I'm not just being, you know, like who you think of as your typical esports voice, you know, kind of a loudmouth kid being a jerk about something stupid. I think that Overwatch League can very much be a, uh, you know, uh, a podium for that kind of person, and I hope that it's much more, you know, NBA than, let's say, XFL. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely hoping for that. So we've talked
1: a lot about what this could be, what this should be, what we hope this could be. Spencer, who you got for the rest of the year? Oh,
2: man. Shanghai's going to sweep it. No, no, they're not. <laughs> uh, I, am, I am hoping, as I said, to see uh, some improved performance out of Shanghai once their Korean uh, new hires come through. But I'm going to go ahead and at least give stage two here. And I'm basing this very, very loosely off of a casual look at uh, the standings right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give it to Excel, and I think we could be surprised by either the Los Angeles Valiant or the Houston Outlaws. Really? Uh, both of those, in terms of teams that were not hired on mm. as a team, mm. as a unit, um, both of them are exceptionally strong. Both of them have given the established Korean teams, NYXL, London Spitfire, uh, Seoul. Seoul Dynasty. Um both of them have given them a run for their money mm. at different times, very unexpectedly too. Uh, you know, pushing it into uh, five games instead of just a four-no sweep, um, that type of thing, right. or just winning outright right. when it's not expected. So Houston and LA are both very strong. I don't know anything about their hires; they might be bringing on new talent to to try and cement that. But New York, I think, is. It like I said, they're a dark horse. I think they are a very strong team. I don't know how it goes down in a matchup between them and the Spitfire. Mm. We already saw that uh, not go their way once. Yep. But I wouldn't count them out. So as a, I would not count them out. Uh, and meanwhile, Soul is as ever the favorite. Soul was the favorite for uh, stage one as well, and they just collapsed going into the last couple
1: weeks. Soul feels so... like that team, like um. Peyton Manning, Indianapolis, where they could always get to that semifinal and never get over the last hurdle.
2: I, I think that we may continue to see that. Again, I I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, Soul just sweeps the whole fucking thing. But, you know, they went from undefeated to falling out of the um, stage one playoffs. Yeah. Which and, is, I mean, it, mm-hmm. at that point, I, I would not say unprecedented because that was establishing precedent for the first time. Right. But... It did not feel strong. It felt like when the pressure finally came on, they, they choked. They just did not know yeah. what to do, which is bizarre compared to how the other teams conducted themselves.
1: So as a, as a quick recap, there's four stages in which <laughs> each team plays the other once. So that means there will be a total of 11 games per stage and four stages means 44 regular season matches. At the end of each stage, there's a title match. Spencer, how is that set up? So the title match has been uh, the
2: highest-rated teams, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me take a look here. Um, so the highest win-loss rates just for the season. Okay. Uh, so it doesn't take into account division, if I'm not There's... mistaken. I could be wrong because there is the Pacific and Atlantic divisions. Yep. Um, and the uh, title match is just between the highest ranked players or highest ranked teams. It looks almost without like without regard to division. It looks for the playoffs at the end of season one. That is,
1: that takes division into account. Yep. But so the top, we're not there. The yet. top team in each. So for, sorry, let me reset for the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, It was top three just without any division alignment. It looks like it was two versus three and then the winner versus one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so first, first three seeds, right? One v three, two v three, okay, or two v whoever wins versus one and three, right? Um, and, and for the overall London league, swept through that. Yeah, yeah. London won the first stage, which almost seems like a little bit of an upset, considering New York is also up there as well. I mean, London is owned by uh, Cloud Nine, right? Really old name in uh, esports, and they were a they were an existing team before they got. It hired on what so i I consider i would think that's a little bit of an upset if only because they went the long way you know what i mean they went from the play in Mm -hmm. game to then so they had to win two matches instead of just the one whereas i think new york looked like they had the buy in that first because they finished top yeah
0: there's a bit of a story there
1: i think yeah Mm -hmm. um and so that is just for a cash prize and then the total record for all 44 eventual matches will lead to the table. The top six teams eligible in the top for each of the two divisions, Atlantic and Pacific, will get a bye. So it's like the NFL playoffs where the top two or the top for each of the divisions gets a bye. And then you'd have three versus, or three versus six, four versus five in the playoffs in the first week. Um,
2: oh, so just as a uh, side note, because I started doing a little bit of um, research on it. Mm-hmm. London Spitfire was formerly a team called uh, GC Busan okay, uh, out of South Korea, uh, sponsored by the government of Busan. That's very interesting. Um, Seoul Dynasty, meanwhile, let's see if I can find that here. Uh, Which team is this? Okay, LW Red actually got broken up, which is uh, a little surprising. Because I had the impression that Seoul was an existing team. And then finally... New York. Uh, Yeah. And you can trim this down in post, I hope. Um, Yenis. Okay. Interesting. So this is another one that was cobbled together from various uh, South Korean teams. New York came predominantly from LW Blue. LW Blue. So that's actually one where they were owned by um, or a company owned multiple teams, mm. uh, which is not unprecedented, though. Uh, certain, uh, yeah, New York Excelsior was entirely LW Blue, yeah. and uh, this is something that in League of Legends eventually got banned. Uh, though this is not, you know, Overwatch League, so I don't think it's an issue yet. But in um, in League of Legends, they ended up saying that a sponsor can only own one team and that was in part because Samsung for a long time owned uh two teams Samsung Blue and Samsung White ah. and then both of them would make it very far into the, into worlds playing against each other and like winning and it was shenanigans it was a bit much
1: they were like okay it can't be Samsung versus Samsung we got to shut this down um now. that also exists in soccer in Europe because there's different teams in different countries that are owned by Red Bull and on, one owner can only exist in each of the top competitions, the Champions League and mm. the Europa League. So therefore, they had to make a choice of who do they want to go into the Champions League. They chose the team that they have that is, uh, what's it? It's RB Leipzig from Germany and the RB stands for Rasenball Sport. We promise it doesn't stand for Red Bull despite their logo. Um, <laughs> but so we have quite a few games to go. We have we're about a third of the way through the regular season. It looks like a lot can happen in between now and then. New York and Seoul currently sit 1 and 2 and they're the tops of each division. I it, they only have a few losses in between them and the other teams down. So plenty of teams barring basically San Francisco, Florida and Shanghai are still in contention to keep climbing up into the playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see how this develops also because most esports are based around tournaments like tennis tournaments or golf tournament style, not a long league where you have 40 matches. So this is going to be really interesting to see how it shakes out eventually.
2: Yeah, 40 matches um, and with relatively short breaks in between. Mm. Uh, Phase two is wrapping up at the end of March here. And then stage three doesn't start until about a week later in April 4th. So you get a gap in each phase there, which uh, I believe is when they, at least after the first stage, that's when they opened up hires okay. and trades, and that's probably when most roster changes are going to occur. That would be smart. In those breaks. To lo-
1: it would be smart to also lock it off at a certain point, like how certain leagues have trade deadlines where nothing else can happen afterwards, but to mm-hmm. only allow changes between stages would also be very smart. Um, And also to clarify, each team plays twice every week. So that usually means Thursday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday for the schedule.
2: Mm -hmm. So we have, um, we've got phases going, or stages going all the way through uh, mid-June. June Uh, June 17th is when the title matches occur for Stage 4, after which is playoffs, and I don't know that they've um, scheduled Playoffs just yet But I mean yeah they, It is still we're, we're not even Halfway through the first season It is anybody's game We There's a lot to be seen There's a lot to like again Really hoping that the standings change after those New hires come through for different teams Because they've already you know Dallas Fuel fuck those guys but they've gotten Way better uh, since they brought Back uh, brought on AKM And uh, you know those Korean hires for Shanghai, for Shanghai especially for uh, Florida mm. actually brought on mm. a few players. Uh, you know that could make all the difference. That might actually help them break out of the the bottom of the bottom tier. Yep. So, again, we don't know what's going to happen. I do think it's one of those established Korean teams that's going to be the, uh, you know, the end all. Uh, but I wouldn't count out. Wouldn't count out the Valiant. I wouldn't count out the Outlaws, and I'm really hoping to see some improved performance. I'd love to see more mixed records. uh, You know, more of a a bloody fight, yeah, versus just one team stomping all the others, uh, which we've kind of seen so far. I think it would be. I just want to
0: see the impact that happens from teams recruiting new people, and what does that mean midseason? Like, I don't think Shanghai, Shanghai at their best, is one of the best performances I've seen in Overwatch League. It's rare to see it. But they can when they win a match. It's well, they didn't have one full game. Yeah. But you know, when they win a round,
2: when they when they win a map, that's actually something. Sure. Got, uh As much as I love this uh, this new league, they need a style guide really badly so that you know for how to real. refer to a
1: game versus a map versus a round, right? You know, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, that that we'll figure but. that out. Like in tennis, you can talk about it pretty quickly because it's an established set. But for mm-hmm. for Overwatch League, it's going to take a little time. And I think well, they're building um, it from scratch. Yeah. And I think one other thing is, if, if some of these teams, like you're saying, Los Angeles, the Valiant, or Houston, can stick around in that top six, then the, those are teams that were built up just for Overwatch League. And if they can develop the chemistry, I don't know if the playoff format has been uh, announced yet, but this is, just, this is what happens in football. The team gets hot by the end of the year and sneaks in, and it's the team you don't want to play. And they may shake up the top one or two seeds or the these teams that are more established and because they're able to develop that chemistry through the year
0: cool yeah all right i feel like that's a good place to leave yeah. this
1: what do you guys think yeah i think we should address it again later and see how wrong we were and <laughs> <laughs> i would i would love to do this
2: routinely but uh, definitely a season wrap i think would be a great For sure yeah i mean i'm gonna definitely keep watching more of this
0: uh Again, we need a style guide, but like whatever the segment of the season is and kind of watch how that plays out. I'm really curious to see what the top standings look like at the end, but at the very least, yeah, once the season's over, we should do a debrief. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and if you enjoy it, or if you have questions for us to tackle, we can always get together and do another uh, show for talking sure. about what's
2: happened since now.
1: Be fun to watch. I'm going to be interested to follow Overwatch a bit more and try to go see if I can redownload on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely i'm definitely keeping with it so hell yeah
0: all right well doug spencer thanks as always for joining me i know it's been a very long time since the last time we did this but hopefully we can uh get together and do it again soon
2: absolutely
0: cool all right and to all you listening thanks for uh doing that thanks for refreshing your rss feeds (laughs) (laughs) dusting the cobwebs off a bit Um, and uh, yeah if you're um, if it's been a while or you're new to us uh, we have a website SiliconSasquatch.com it's a little quiet these days but you know we'd love it if you check it out add us to your feed reader follow us on social media proclaim your undying love for our sweet brand whatever it is you need to do to feel fulfilled we are the source for that Um, and yeah let's uh, let's do another podcast soon this is fun let's cool All right. good Alright, thanks guys. We'll be back soon.